0: grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The basis for our uh, message today is the epistle lesson, the account of the author of Hebrews putting forward Sarah as an example of faith. Well, a fireman visited a kindergarten classroom and he was trying to give them a lesson on safety and security with fire. And so like one point he asked them, tells them, don't open up a door until you feel it. And he asked them, well, why should you feel it? And he got a couple answers, and finally one little student said, well, if the door is hot, there's a fire on the other side. And they said, yes, that's right, so you don't open the door if it's hot. So he went to the next subject. He said, well, if you see smoke, then get down on your knees. He asked, well, why do you get down on your knees? And he got a couple answers, and finally one of the students raised his hand and said, you get down on your knees to start praying and ask God to get you out of the mess. (laughs) wasn't what the fireman was looking for. But a good answer, right? We like stories like that, right? We like stories that, that talk about or put forward a faith. Someone who trusts in the Lord and is willing to show it. And that's why this the chapter 11 from Hebrews is such a powerful chapter. It's one example of another, after another, of great heroes of faith that we find within the scriptures. Heroes like Adam and Abel and Noah. But as you read through the list there's one name that doesn't seem to really fit. That's Sarah. Because if you remember the the text in the Genesis about the promise of the coming Savior and the promise of a son to be born to Sarah and Abraham, does it really seem like Sarah is an example of this wonderful faith? From our perspective, it may not appear that way. Yet the author of Hebrews puts her up there with Noah and with Enoch. Why? It's really a lesson about what faith truly is and what a strong faith really is. And so we're going to look at Sarah as an example of faith and see why she is or what makes her the example of faith that she is. And in so doing, we'll be reminded about what our faith really is like and how is it that our faith is made strong. And so again, to understand this, we go back to the promise that God gave to Abraham. We were reminded of that in the Old Testament lesson, that God had come to Abraham and said, I will give you a son, and through that son, all the nations of the world will be blessed. The problem is that it took a while, right? Years. Decades. And as this, Moses tells us in Genesis, after a while, Sarah became impatient. Impatient. Sarah came to Abraham and told him to have a child by her servant. She knew the promise of God, but it wasn't happening, so she decided to take things in her hand. Now, does that sound like a sterling example of faith? To take over and say, this is the way we're going to do it? Yes, that's exactly what she does. And then later, several years later, God comes to Abram and visits him and he says that in a year Sarah is going to be pregnant and have a child. And Sarah is inside the tent and she laughs. It seems almost silly to her that being 90 years old she's going to give birth to a son. Again, is that a sterling example of faith? And yet, the author of Hebrews says By faith, even Sarah herself received the ability to conceive. You see, despite the outward actions, the actions we might be quick to condemn, God saw in her, saw in her heart a faith. Maybe it was that faith that was truly there that made her embarrassed when she was confronted about her laughter. She was a believer, she knew she shouldn't doubt, and when she laughed at God's promises, she was convicted. But God saw in her, in spite of her actions, as one of faith. And as we consider Sarah, we should consider ourselves, right? Right? Indeed, God has indeed given you a promise. You see, when we see these scriptural heroes and we see the frailty that they have, aren't we not confronted with our own frailty? When we consider Sarah, aren't we confronted with our own doubts, our own wavering? Because God's given you promises, clear as the promise given to Sarah. He's given you a promise that he will be with you. Has he not? Be with you wherever you go. So do you believe that? Well, we might say, yes, I believe that. But the real question, the real test, as we saw with Sarah, is do you act like you believe it? Do you conduct yourself as if God is present with you wherever you go? Do the actions that you do, the things that you say, do they reflect your idea of knowing that God is present while you do these things? What about God's other promises? We heard today in the Gospel lesson that God will hear our promise for daily bread and he will provide. And even goes on to say, therefore you should not worry. So you being of faith, don't worry, do you? You don't lose any sleep, concerned about what's gonna happen the next day. You aren't worried about this week or the next month or the next year. You're fully confident everything's gonna work out. There's never any worry or concern in your heart. As we consider these things, Are we any different than Sarah? You see, our actions don't always demonstrate a faith within our heart. Judged by the world, they might not even at times see the faith that is there. But give thanks. The world's not your judge. The Lord is. And just as the Lord saw in the heart of Sarah, he sees in your heart your faith. And you can see it. You know why? Because he put it there. He sees what the world cannot see, and he sees what he has created and placed there. You see, the problem with our faith is that we're also always misunderstanding what faith is. When we think about a strong faith, we always look at the person who possesses that faith. And we judge the strength of the faith on what they do and what they say. But that's not the way we judge faith. The real strength of your faith is not based on you, it's where you place your faith. Who do you put your trust in? See, the author of Hebrews was pointing that out about Sarah when he spoke about her faith. He said, Sarah considered him faithful who had promised. The strength of Sarah's faith was realizing that she placed the trust in a God who created all things, as the author of Hebrews pointed out, and created all things through what? The word of God. And as the author says, also, not only did she see in God a powerful God, but a faithful God, a God who was faithful to, to Noah, to Abel, to Enoch, even faithful to God and his people. Sarah was given the ability to see the faithfulness of God and the faithfulness to her. And God was indeed faithful. He kept his promise. Sarah may have wavered from time to time. Sarah may have doubted. Sarah might have taken things into her own hands. Sarah might have laughed. But the promise never wavered. The promise was never diminished. The promise was the same from the beginning to the end, and it would be fulfilled. So the strength of Sarah's faith was not in herself, but in the Lord who had made the promise. You see, this is the way it works also for us. The same God who is faithful to Sarah is faithful to you, This God who before you were born gave the promise to Abraham that he would send a savior through his descendants. God kept that promise. Not only did he bring about Isaac and Jacob and the rest, but he brought about the person of Jesus Christ who lived the life that we could not live, who never wavered, never laughed at what God had spoken, but lived the perfect life in your place so that he could take the sacrifice and the penalty that you deserved. And in so doing... He earned for you forgiveness and eternal life. What you see in Sarah's imperfection, what you see even in your own imperfection, is the battle that wages within us. There are times to time that the old man within us rises and creates doubts. But at the same time, there is a new man that lives within you. In your baptism, a new nature was given to you, a new heart was given to you, and it's this heart that clings to the Lord. It's a gift of God, a faith to believe, even in the midst of doubt. And we can be thankful that our faith doesn't depend upon us, on our emotions, our strength, our abilities, but relies upon the Lord. Because we understand that when we do doubt, when we do worry, When we do waver, we know where to turn. We don't turn inward and try to do things harder or better. We turn to the word of God. You see, the promise itself gives you faith. The promise to you comes from the word of God. And the word of God is not just a description of the promise. It is the promise. And with that promise, with the word, comes the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is planted in your heart as he speaks the promise to you. It's that Holy Spirit that lives within you that is able to cling to that promise. And so when you doubt, when you wonder, turn to God's word and his promise. Be reminded of his love for you. Be strengthened by the Holy Spirit. Because God will continue to enable you to trust in him and cling to him. And to know even when the world tells you differently, even when your old sinful nature tells you differently, God's going to keep his promise. He will continue to be with you. He will continue to provide for you. All the promises of the scripture are yours. Again, as we conclude, when thinking of faith, we so often want to focus on the powerful, the famous, the wonderful examples of faith. But we shouldn't forget the lesser known. And even those examples in scripture which seem to waver into doubt. Because when we see their faith, we should realize it's just as strong. Because it's placed there by the same powerful God. That's how you view your faith. God has given you your faith. God has given you the ability to trust in him. It is a gift from him, and the strength of it relies upon him. Your faith has the strength of the all-powerful God, the all-loving God, the God who has promised will fulfill all of his promises, and he will do that. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding guide our hearts and minds the true faith to life everlasting. Amen.